Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Well, hello. It's Sunday night, and even though you don't have school tomorrow, we're here to read. What are we reading? The Grin in the Dark. Oh, yeah. Spine from sorry, I forgot. It's okay from spine shivers. Well, because we we started it on Friday morning, and Peyton had two sleepovers over the weekend. So guess what? She did not read because she was not here. Shout out to Emmy and Lulu. She said, "If you didn't hear her, because she's standing on the side of her bed." Shout out to Emmy and Lulu. My besties. Do they listen to the podcast? I don't know. Well, either way. Either way. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Chapter two. Oh, yeah. Brooklyn's probably going to hear this. <gasps> oh, yeah. And then then we have to shout her out. <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Brookie, Brook, Brook. Brook to the Brook, Brook. Brook, Brook. brook. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? Yes. Okay, chapter two. This one's dedicated to Brooklyn. Because <laughs> she's like a regular time listener. She's like a, she's a diehard loyal, huh? Yeah. Okay. The TV that that Hammond is it Hammond or Hamid? I don't know. I don't. Okay. The TV that Hammond and his mom had left at, had at home isn't terrible. It's big enough so that so that when Hamid watches soccer games, he can usually tell which player has the ball, and if he turns the volume up loud enough during his favorite action moves, he can tell he can feel the explosions right in his belly. Of course, when he turns it up that loud the neighbors usually complain the apartment's buildings walls are paper thin and the neighbors next next to below and above them there's always somebody who can hear it aunt julie and uncle mo's tv though makes his tv look like a portable black and white one his great-grandmother keeps on the kitchen counter julie and mo's tv with high definition motion picture and 3d setting takes up most of one wall in their living room or it would anyways if it was a normal wall. Instead, the ceilings in the living room are twice as high as any ceiling Hammond has ever seen. They also have a cable package, which has every premium movie channel. When you put it all together, Hammond doubts that Moe's family ever bothers to go to the movie theater. Why would they? With the setup like this right there in their home. Hammond's hands are greasy from the buttery popcorn. He's watching the rerun of his favorite sitcom when the TV begins to beep on an alert scroll that, ro- that scrolls across the bottom of the screen. The beeping drowns out the voices in his, of his show. Then the automated voice comes on. Severe thunderstorm warning in effect for Lincoln County, Brighton County, Kells County, and the whole new Brighton metro area. Heavy winds, heavy rain, thunder and lightning. Yeah, yeah, Hammond says. I can't hear the show. When the beeping finally stops and the alert goes away, the voices on his sitcom come back, just in time for a huge laugh. Great, he mutters. I probably missed the funniest line. He leans back on the couch as his light... As... As lightning flashes through the giant windows behind him. A few seconds later, the room shakes and thunder booms. An instant later, Hammond hears quick footsteps above him. 
At first, he thinks maybe the sound came from the massive TV. The audio is so realistic after all. So he mutes the show and leans forward like a dog, twitching her ears as the mail carrier approaches. The footsteps come again, heavy and slow this time. Hammond tosses the remote against the couch cushion and hurries to the staircase. Staircase. He peers up into the darkness, but he can't see a thing up there. Ahmed, he says, but there's no answer. Afifa, is that you? Hammond says. Get back to bed. Still no answer, but there are more heavy footsteps moving quickly this time. Lightning flashes upstairs. Up, lightning flashes. Lightning up the stair. Lighting up the stair. Oh my gosh! Lighting up the upstairs hallway for a fraction of a second, long enough to see a hunched figure hurry away. The thunder booms as darkness falls over the hall once again. Ahmed, Hamid grows, groans. He flicks the switch on that turns on the light upstairs. The light on the second floor hallway flashes in an instant and then goes out. Great, he muttered. The bulb must be dead. With a sigh, he climbs the stairs, though he's not thrilled about having to go up there with the lights still off. When he's halfway up, Hamid hears the clicking of the shutting door and grins. I hear you, he calls, talking, taking the stairs two at a time. The second floor is nearly pitch black because Hammond isn't familiar with all the floor, first floor, that he has to wait a moment while his eyes adjust to the darkness. Soon, lightning cracks and Hammond sees the outline of doors nearby. One is very close, right across the landing from the top of the stairs. The others are still hard to see further down the second hallway floor. Oh my gosh, I can hear Oreo snoring. In the darkness, he's not even sure if it's a kid room, so he goes up. He goes to the first door and keeps his hand on the wall to guide him. When the thunder crashes, he feels a small vibrate. At the door, at the first door, Hamid knocks gently. Ahmed, he whispers loudly through the door, "Are you back in bed?" He turns the doorknob quietly and slowly. He opens the door just a tiny bit so he can peek in, but he can tell at once that this isn't the kids' room. Soft light from the old-fashioned looking street lamps on the road come through the rain-coated windows at the back of the room. It casts a watery amber light over the king-size bed and in the middle of the room and the dressers and the TV that face the bed. It's obviously his aunt and uncle's room. He should just close the door and try the next one, but he can't help but stepping inside to have a look around. It's so different than from his mom's room in their apartment. Nicer, bigger furniture, those huge windows. It even smells different. Lightning cracks and thunder booms as Hammond takes a step towards the bed. The room lights up and Hammond sees something that makes him scream out loud. In the rocking chair besides the bed sits a person. No, not a person. Hammond realizes as he takes a closer look. It's a life-size clown doll, of course. That thing is ridiculous, Hammond whispers to himself, forcing a smile. But his heart is racing and his breath is coming in in shallow little gasps. He feels pretty silly being scared of a doll. I guess Aunt Julie didn't clear out all the clown stuff, he said, as he catch, caught his breath and his, and his heart rate slows to normal. It's a huge bedroom, and he notices that there's a bedroom attached, but he no longer feels like snooping around. He walks over to the rocking chair and kicks the, the clown doll's foot. Stupid clown, he says, thinking the kick or the comment would help him feel less afraid. It didn't work, though, because for an instant, the clown seemed to be looking right at him. It gives him a chill, and suddenly Hammond can't get out of the room fast enough. Hammond hurries to the bedroom door and pulls it shut behind him. More, more used to the darkness now, he moves down the hall, and the next door... 
and the next door he passes is ajar. Hammond peeks inside and sees that the bedroom that the twins use, complete with brightly colored shampoo bottles and animal-themed shower curtain, oh, is the bathroom, sorry. Uh, the next door, decorated with several art projects, and the miniature plastic license plate says Ahmed and Afifa. It's the twins' bedroom. It It's open a little, too. Are you two in bed, he asks, poking through the door just as it opens a little bit more so he can see inside. Hi, cousin Hamid, Ahmed says. He's sitting up in bed with his flashlight, pointing it at his own face. I thought I heard your voice. Who are you talking to? Hi, Ahmed, Hi, Ahmed, Hamid said, ignoring the question. He isn't about to admit his little cousin that he screamed because he was scared of a giant doll. He sits on the edge of Ahmed's bed and takes the flashlight. You need to get back to sleep, he said. Hamid switches off the flashlight and puts it down on the floor beside Ahmed's bed. Leave it on, said Com comes Afifa's squeaky voice from her bed on the other side of the room. You're weak too, Hamid says. He gets up and crosses to Afifa. She's almost sitting up. Oh, sorry. He's almost... Oh, God. Um, he, uh, she's also sitting up, propped against her pillow. Please leave the light on, she says. Her voice is a little whiny. You have to. Why do I have to? says Hamid. She's just a little scared, says Ahmed. He rolls onto his side and pulls the blanket over his head. We had a bad dream. His voice muffled under the thick blanket he's under. I heard you shout and I thought maybe you had the same bad dream. Shout, Hamid remembers. Oh no, that was just something surprised me. It was silly. He sits on the edge of, the, of Afifa's bed. Your mom said that you've been having nightmares. We're not having nightmares, Afifa says. Nightmares aren't real. She crosses her arms and legs closer to her chin. Hammond can hardly see her eyes in the darkness, but it sounds like she's crying. You think there's something mean and real in the house, Hammond says. He scoots closer to her and puts his arm around her shoulders. Hey, come on, Afifa, he says. You're a big girl, and you've got your brother, Aunt Ahmed, he here, and your big cousin's here. Um, and your big cousin, Hammond, right downstairs. She looks up at him and sniffles. There's nothing... That There's nothing here that can hurt you, Hammond says. And besides, Ahmed and I would protect you, okay? Afifa takes a moment to think it over. Okay, she says, but she didn't sound entirely convinced. He helps her settle back into bed and pulls the blanket over her again. He's As he's leaving, though, she sits up again. But Hamid, she says, you, who will protect you and Ahmed? Spooky. Interesting. Who's going to protect her and Ahmed? Nobody. <laughs> Okay, she doesn't think it's funny. <laughs>